Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The biggest convention of its kind ever in the UK, Wrestling Media Con 2018 is heading to Manchester on the 8th and 9th of September. Wrestling Media Con 2018 will feature live wrestling shows from Revolution Pro and Impact Wrestling, meet and greet with all the talent, panel discussions from the likes of Inside the Ropes, and workshops on how to get into the world of professional wrestling from former WWE writers and bookers. There will also be guest matches from Defiant, NGW and an NWA World's title defense by Nick Aldis taped for £10 of gold. Other names announced for Wrestling MediaCon 2018 include The Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer, Colt Cabana, Sean Waltman, Cultaholic, Botchamania, myself and Ollie from the Wrestle Ramble, and many more to be announced. Wrestling MediaCon comes to the Bowlers Exhibition Center in Manchester, England on the 8th and 9th of September. Tickets are available now from WrestlingMediaCon.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello Swaff Nation and a hello to you Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? How was comedy? Comedy was was funny. Who would have thunk it? Well, yeah. Uh, It was also very Arsenal focused. Arsenal is a soccer team for those people in the States and... um, And around the world. And around the world. And uh, yeah, a lot of the jokes went over my head. But, you know, like... Like in The Simpsons, when or Family Guy, when they make pop culture references to stuff I don't know because I'm not in America and I don't know the minutia of C and D list celebrities, you can kind of work out the joke for yourself. Like, oh, okay, that person isn't very fast at football. Mm-hmm. He's not very quick at running. They have made a joke about someone not being quick. No, I, okay. I, I, I'm going to laugh along with everyone else as if I know the target of the joke. I get jokes. Mm. Uh, but it was good. Rob Beckett is very funny. Uh, and Does he look like he's in the wrong ratio in real life? Yeah, but that's um, it's a, it's a mean thing to say. I, after I said that, I thought, what a mean thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I won't, I won't. Although that is a very funny description of someone, <laughs> and I'm very proud of it. I'm also quite ashamed. Okay, uh, so I won't say that anymore. But he he was very very funny, and he he struck gold with someone on the front row who had weirdly... It was a guy called Tom, and he'd weirdly come with his mum and four of his mum's friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gate-crashing their party. And, uh, well, well, he was the only one who worked at Arsenal, because it was like a staff thing, and friends and family were allowed to come. That's why I was there for my sister. And, yeah, he just decided to bring his mum and his four of his mum's friends. And he, like, this Rob Beckett just roasted him <laughs> effectively for for all his act he stopped doing his you could tell what were his jokes and what were just uh things he was coming up with on the spot and yeah he just abandoned his normal set and just <laughs> ripped this guy and he's he's five mums um, it was hilarious in a very you know joke light light-hearted way yes it was always very funny like oh i bet it's gonna be a a, a crazy train back to Maidstone because that's where they were from mm-hmm. I'll get make sure you got some gin in who's the crier uh, some stuff it was it was very good 
And, it's better uh, when you're there. Yeah. Well, this is it. I, oh, I shouldn't have even brought it up. I should have just should have just said, yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Move on. How was your D&D? But I didn't. I tried to recapture the magic of and you had to be there thing. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be as good well, no, as telling a comedian's me. jokes. Yeah. Eddie Murphy has a, a whole thing about that in Delirious, mm. about how people often come to his shows and then they go home and tell their friends and ruin all of his jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was weird how many... So there were five comedians overall. I heard some iteration of, huh, wham, when you're a comedian and people ask you what you do and you say, I'm a comedian, and they say, tell me a joke. That observation was made about three times by different people. <laughs> Mate, it, it's almost like you they're, need... They're a, watching the same show. You need like an agent backstage. Yes! So you're like, don't do the same spots. I, I'm, I'm really fascinated by the world of stand-up comedy. And I reckon it is... There's so many similarities between that and professional wrestling. The, the way, like, everyone watches mm-hmm. each other's sets and they're all trying to help each other. Like, I'm, I'm, I mean, like, not big stand-up comedy, but sort of independent stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. But I reckon it's really similar to indie shows yeah. in wrestling. And that's why you get some level of crossover with the Colt Cabanas and the Dolph Sigglers, mm-hmm. the performance aspect to it. Uh, the idea of dying... And, you know, the crowd not being on it. It's all about crowd manipulation. Yeah, really fascinating. Good stuff, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. How was your D&D? D&D was good. Another good, strong session. We're coming to the end of a uh, particular chapter within this campaign at the moment. So we uh, fought some giant worm creatures nice. um, that had risen up from, like, a, a pit of dead animals. That was quite a cool thing. And at that point, uh, the party sort of split off a little bit. There was three of us in one area, and then two of us had gone to uh, this other area where they got attacked by a gelatinous cube. Um, which was uh, terrifying because it nearly killed him, to be honest. And he killed our, um, our, our dragonkin. Do you ever... Like once you've you've done a particularly intense sesh, mm. do you find any of the effects in the story affect you in real life? How do you mean? Like if you were to get attacked on the arm by a skeleton creature in Dungeons and Dragons, and the next day you're like, oh my, my forearm oh, well, like hurts a, like, quite bad, like a Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, no. No, I, I've I've yet to encounter. Well, that you're only in... a relative newcomer, aren't you? Only oh, a couple yeah. of months. No, I, I mean I'm only level four. Yeah, you know, it could, I could go either way yet. So you know, we'll, we'll have to. I suppose we'll have to wait and see. But it was good. It was a, a really really fun session. Um, and uh, oh, Ready Player One. Ah, uh, yes, that. we but save that for the. We're going to save that for the outro. But before we do get into the show, which by the way, I'm just going to apologise for now. I don't think I had a particularly great show today. I thought you had a sterling show. No, right? I don't think I had a great show today. I think I liked SmackDown more than I. I think I liked it more than I thought I did. Mm. And actually, I'm even thinking about going and re-recording the the the, the, no. the ending of the of the review. Like, no. I almost feel like I've I've gone too high. You've, I mean, you have gone too high. Yeah. I don't know why you don't. Like, it, it seems like you you watch the show and then you're like boom that's that's my thoughts yeah and then you record it whereas I stew on my thoughts <laughs> and see what everyone else thought and go, ah, actually they've got a point there yeah I was yeah. good well I don't want to I try I did the same thing when I write I used to write film reviews I don't want too many people influencing yes yeah, what I've thought I, I, I want to try and just put what my thoughts are out there. But then when I do have conversations, people are like, no, actually, yeah, I didn't think I didn't think of that bit. I didn't really see that bit. And then I look at my score and I'm like, that was completely wrong. That. Mm. Well, I know how dumb I am. So I'm I I've missed so many parts and nuances too many times for me to not just double check a few other reviews first. Yes. Uh, but anyway, before we get into the show, we uh, said yesterday, hey. There are people who listen to the show that only listen to the intro yeah. and outro. They need a name as well, because pod swafters is a term if you are someone who only listens to the podcast version of the show and doesn't watch the YouTube um, version of the show at all. You just listen to podcasts. So mm. these are people who are coming from YouTube just to listen to the intro and outro. We've had four suggestions, one of which I think is absolutely golden. Oh, wicked. Let's hear him. So first off, we've got one from Dan, uh, who has suggested the Podtuber Nation. Right. Which, that's, which, that's which, which works. Uh, Mayor short, of Painesville. Mayor of Painesville. Well, we're gonna, it's going to be the worst of all the suggestions. <laughs> poor, poor Dan's gimmick is, is uh, having pretty good suggestions, but then being annihilated by everyone else's, who have just, like, just gone crazy. Yep. If it's not like submitting a really good version of the Pinky in the Brain, 
but then someone submits an yeah, even more yeah. uh, brilliant version. Um, Sean Brown has suggested Ramblers. Jason Downey suggested Ramble Castees. But I'm going to say it's Adilsa, but it, like the, it's all in caps, so I'm doing it as A-D-I-L-S-A. But I'm going to say Adilsa. All in caps like Kenta or the yes. occasional Kushida. Yes. The occasional Japanese A bit like that. Name. But then his surname is in lowercase. Hmm. So um, I'm going to say Stylized. it's Ad- Adilsa has said Swafter Nation. As in after, so it's the... Ah, oh, Swafter Nation. Yes. Yeah. So I was, and then you can just adapt that to be the After Swafter Nation. After or, or, swa- or After Swafters. Oh, that's killing my accent, that is. <laughs> after Swafter Nation, I want to say. After Swafter. Yeah, After Swafters. Garage. <laughs> garage. That's a garage, mate. Grass, graph. And a uh, That's cool, that's cool. Yes. But I, I, I want to rename Dan as the... Uh, the the always the bridesmaid of Painesville now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay. So those people are called after swafters. Oh, I can't even get it out. After swafter. After swafters. After swafters. So, um, but yeah, let's get on with the show. To be honest, we struggled with a title and subject for this episode because, in my opinion, not much happened on SmackDown. But you know, it is it is quite timely if Rusev wins because, of course. WrestleMania 34 falls on Rusev Day this year. It's Rusev Mania. Mm. Rusev so, Day Mania. Rusev Day Mania. So yeah, we got a Rusev versus Jinder on this episode of SmackDown Live. Rusev was added into the United States Championship match last week, and as I mentioned in my SmackDown Live review, like you, I thought there wasn't a whole lot that happened on the show. Although I, I very much enjoyed it. There wasn't a whole. It wasn't mm. like it, it wasn't a jaw dropping or like very newsworthy show. But I very much enjoyed it on the whole. Perhaps my expectations were set quite low after last week. But uh, Rusev was added in, and we decided that we would go with this storyline because I thought, well, this this story for the news episode for this video. I'm losing all my words today. Yeah, where have they gone? They're on the floor. They're man. on the floor. You wouldn't believe I'm a published author, but. Um, I found that one of the most telling signs about this whole feud mm. is after the match, you had, like, Randy Orton came in and he hit his RKO from out of in nowhere, and then uh, Aiden English got pushed off the top rope into an RKO, and then they, they, stood, they stood with Bobby Roode and Randy, sort of, like, with Bobby tensely handing over the belts and holding on to it for just a little bit too long. Mm. And the crowd were chanting for Rusev Day. Yes. And I thought, wow, WWE are really pushing like these two as like, man, this is what this feud is all about. It's all about Randy Orton versus Bobby Roode. But the crowd were chanting for Rusev Day. Yeah, so you've got... I mean, that's, I guess, from a management perspective, who you want to get over. It's Bobby Roode and Randy Orton. You're, you you know, the, the wrestler built from a ground up, looks great, Randy Orton. You've got the second coming of Triple H, almost in... in although they're only like... Seven years apart in they're, age. Yeah, they're not much younger than mm. uh, not yet, in, in Bobby Roode, and I de- that's who you want, I guess. From on on an on paper perspective, these would be great. But Rusev has gotten over organically, like you said. The crowd are chanting him. He is the most over of any of the guys here. And before last week, before Rusev was added to the United States title match, I negative cared. I gave the old negative F words that Daniel Bryan used to give. I was uninterested in the match mm-hmm. to the extent where I would, you know, I would probably skip it if I wasn't, uh, if if I wasn't, if I didn't have to write a review of it. And but as soon as Rusev was added, boom! Now I'm interested. And I, the, the reported reason was because he sold loads of merchandise, right? Yes, that's the story. Is that he. Because the Rusev Day t-shirt is one of the biggest sellers on the website mm. and the Happy Rusev Day calendar um, was a massive seller as well. Apparently, what I read was that they ordered a really small number because they thought, this is a silly, yes. this is a silly gimmick that isn't really getting over. It won't sell. And then they sold out extremely quickly, much quicker than they expected. And apparently, from what I've read online, the actual quality of the ca- of the calendar is very poor. Oh, really? Because they hand because it's it's a doofy calendar yeah. that only a, a, a small group of people were going to buy because it's a doofy thing to buy. And then they sold out. and They're like, oh, now people have bought a really crappy product. It's such a good concept. <laughs> You've got Rusev Day. The joke is that Rusev Day's on every day, and then someone goes calendar. That makes perfect sense. And in my head, like, why didn't you know? Why didn't everyone think of this immediately? And 
it's it's such a good concept. I think people just go, yeah, I'm going to buy it. They don't even think about the practicality or potential annoyance or how hideous it might look on a wall. I just, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to buy that because of the the strength of the idea. Well, uh, and, and WWE look at these sorts of metrics. This is tends mm. to be how they judge people being over. Roman Reigns, that in their in their minds, is one of the most over people, if not the most over person they have in their company, because he sells the most merchandise. John Cena sells the most merchandise. CM Punk for a long time sold the most merchandise, but they wanted to pretend that wasn't happening. They wanted to say that Rey Mysterio was selling the most merchandise instead. Now that Rusev is selling the most merchandise, it's a it's a physical thing that you can look at and be like, mm. oh right, people are into Rusev. People are behind this Rusev Day gimmick. Let's actually let's actually do something with it. But like you said, with the CM Punk thing, of course that's one of the many reasons John Cena's never turned heel because. WWE makes so much money off t-shirt sales and whatnot from him. They don't want to harm his appeal with with the children fan base because that's where the bulk of the sales come from. But it's a metric that WWE definitely look at until they don't. It, which which is what yeah. it is with CM Punk. Like those figures were inarguably there. CM Punk was hugely popular and making a ton of money from from his t-shirts. <laughs> Mainly from me. <laughs> I bought every t-shirt that came out uh, with any of his likeness on. I even had the ice cream t-shirt, which was off one small promo line. Yeah, I even had that. And I've seen a lot of... I thought I was a unique snowflake. I've seen many people at wrestling shows since then with that same t-shirt while I've been wearing that t-shirt. And I don't feel special anymore. But... WWE didn't never really fully got behind Punk in that way as they would do a, a John Cena or, or a, a Roman Reigns. Apart from giving him that um, over a year long title run. Yes, but that was that that wasn't it was because the, of him. It was, that it was, was more the, from the Rock. It was off and it the wasn't back, like no, no, he was, was main eventing every show. It was off the back of the t-shirt sales they gave him that thing. But that whole title run was just for the Rock. Like they wanted to create this really long title run so the Rock could win it. I, mm. I do. Yeah, you are right. And there, he did. But... He hardly main evented any pay per views. It was no, all no, John Laurinaitis and John, and John Cena. I was going to say John Cena's the start. Mate. Yes, let's be honest. So, so it was a very empty getting yeah. behind him. So what I'm trying to say is, even though those sales figures are there. Even though the crowd reaction is there, Rusev isn't their guy. So I'm worried that the, the right thing to do by a country mile is give Rusev the title, is give him the win. You can protect who you want to protect because it's a four-person match here. Uh, and it doesn't harm anyone. And it gives everyone a great feeling. Yeah, well, uh, Dave Meltzer said this. I can't remember which pay-per-view it was now. When Rusev Day were in the tag mm. team, there was like, like a four-way tag team match thing. Yeah. And Dave Meltzer was like, if it, if I was in charge, I'd have just called an audible and given the belts to Rusev Day because they were the most over people in their match. And it's such an over channel. We need to... It's the sort of thing you want to get behind, strap a rocket to, and do something with, as opposed to just like ignoring it, pretending it's not happening. I really do think the Rusev should be winning at WrestleMania 34. Mm. It's the win that makes the most sense, but I don't think he is. Really? I don't think he's winning the belt at Mania. I think that they are more focused on this Randy Orton, Bobby Roode um, feud mm. that um, will continue on, uh, you know, in towards the summer. Roode feud. Exactly. Uh, it's, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save our predictions, our actual predictions, for Friday's WrestleMania prediction show, where we'll be going up against Brian Zane. So we'll, I think we'll say our own individual predictions mm-hmm. for fun to play along at home with, but then we'll have to work together to compromise to halfway happy right. on a unified prediction. Okay. Yeah. To, Fair to enough. go against To go Zane. against Zane. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, it's just a shame. It's like every match that Rusev is added to at the moment, which has a title attached to it, I'm like, they should just give him the title. I'm not. I'm not usually like. I'd like to see long drawn out title chases, especially uh, if if someone's going to organically get over. But Rusev's already organically over. So like in the Bobby Roode match a couple of weeks ago for the United States title, I'd like. We were both saying, just let Rusev win or let Bobby Roode turn heel and you play out that dynamic. But Randy Orton hasn't got a match. Maybe oh, maybe Randy will win it back. Randy, no, he's Randy, the, the, champion. the champion. Oh my god, I don't care about anything in this feud apart from Rusev. That is enough reason. Anyway, uh, the actual match itself, very funny at the start. Yes. Sunil Singh comes out, sings horribly. Yeah, always great to have a horrible singer mm. try and then act like they can sing. Yeah, and they got the 
the spotlight. It was the full Aidan English Rusev Day entrance works for Jinder. And that was the first time we've seen... This was the most babyface Rusev has ever been presented. Yes. Because he's going up against an out-and-out heel yep. in in, uh, in Jinder. And because that Sunil Singh rendition at the start of Jinder's music was so bad, the pop Aiden English got for Rusev Day. Yep. And he came out and did a little bit of a rap mm-hmm. and then introduced us into Rusev Day. And, I, I mean, I've always said... Rusev has one of my favourite themes in WWE mm. anyway, because it's just... Dun, 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 dun. I, I love it. It's just, it fits him perfectly, and he comes out and he does his big, like, jump and go, Rah! He just makes me smile. Yes. I love Rusev. I've always loved Rusev. I just think he's ace. And I, I wrote down here, because when, when he did the rah, and Aiden English sort of did a... when As soon as he hit the floor, Aiden English pivoted up mm-hmm. and did a, an extravagant hand gesture... Like a, I guess, like a, what would you call that? Like a flamboyant acting West End thing. There you go. And uh, I, I thought, in a million years, who would have thought this would work? Exactly right. I, I would th- never have put those two together. That's what I was going to say. Like this, like I've always loved Rusev. I always thought Rusev was a really good act, and he was such a great act with Lana. And then they took Lana away from him, and I was like, oh, I know you're kind of getting a bit cold on Rusev, mm. and no one's really getting behind him. And then you're like, all the while, I'm just like, just put Lana back with Rusev. Yes. Like, that makes the most sense. But actually, this over here makes the most sense. This happy little accident. No, no, it makes of, no sense. Well, not work, but it's yes, working. It, okay, but it makes the most sense to keep them together. Yes. Because it's a happy little accident. I'm just like, oh, we'll have Aiden English sing for Rusev because he was given the keys to Bulgaria. A mm. plovdiv. And then, yeah, let's just keep them together. And they're such a great unit. It just works perfectly. An ultra unit. An ult- well, they're not quite the ultra unit. It's like you look at Rusev's character, Bulgarian brute. He, he taps people out with the accolade. What does this guy need? A Shakespearean-style singer. Mm-hmm. The, sh- the Shakespeare of song, man. Yeah. He just comes out with his little glasses, looking like a proper douchebag, and he just sings a song, and it's wonderful. I think putting Lana with them could... could Send this into the stratosphere. Oh, well, the problem is Lana has already sent someone into the stratosphere, and that's Tamina yes. because she's currently on a mission to try and find a renewable energy yeah. source. And what uh, a sacrifice! What a sacrifice she has made mm. for all of us. Um, and so, yeah, so you can't really put Lana with her now. She's got too much. She's got too many other things mm. on her mind. The Wrestle Ramble will be right back after these short messages. This podcast is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to the Wrestle Ramble Extra, a monthly podcast where Ollie and I review shows from wrestling's past. If you pledge now, you'll get our back catalogue of episodes, including Money in the Bank 2011, Armageddon 2000, Wrestle Kingdom 10, and No Way Out 2004, and many others, as well as this month's episode, which will be WrestleMania 25. And $10 plus backers will become part of the Ramble Club, our new show where we talk about wrestling from around the world, including reviews of the Golden Lovers vs. Cody and Marty Skrull, Austin Aries vs. Eli Drake, and many, many more. All that and so much extra, so head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a Smackdown review, Maggle, I love it. We got us a flying Uso. Shane McMahon's back, and he's going to let you know he's back by saying the name of the host city and doing a little shuffle dance. Oh, wait, I've got to sell my hernia. I'm going to grab my uh, abdomen for a bit. <laughs> I'm going to shuffle around again. What up? Enter host city here. Uh, I didn't miss him. <laughs> like, because Daniel Bryan, the, what, this is Shane McMahon's been off for about three weeks. Two so weeks. he missed two episodes, but three weeks in total. And Daniel Bryan has just been killing it with promos and emotion. And I thought, man, I can't wait for Shane McMahon to come back and these two to be a team. And then Shane McMahon did come back and I was like, oh. No, this has actually exposed McMahon even more. Well, I'll tell you what exposed McMahon even more. As you said there, Daniel Bryan has been killing it with promo since his comeback Mm. promo, where he announced that he was cleared to wrestle. He had a great promo last week as well. And then this week, they're having this banter back and forth. Shane McMahon comes out. And then, like, Daniel Bryan says his bit. Shane McMahon says his bit. And then forgets the bit that was meant to come next. Mm. Now, I think what was meant to come next was him saying... I want to shake your hand. Yes. And that would then lead to Daniel Bryan saying, like, no, man, like, I've learned in the six years I've been here that you hug it out, which, you know, is fine. It's a nice little friendly dynamic. Daniel Bryan clearly saw that Shane had forgotten his lines, was like, cool, I know how to save this segment. I'm just going to jump to the next bit and say, like, we're going to hug it out. Shane McMahon, like a total div, then was like, "Uh, um, handshake. And yeah, like, and then Daniel Bryan's like, oh, a malfunction. <laughs> Last line, restore. And, and Daniel Bryan's like, no, we we hug now. Yeah, like we do the hug now. No, it just made the ending of this film really awkward. Yeah, Brian goes. We've already shook hands, man. <laughs> Let's hug it out. Hug, hug it, it out. out, please. Crowd, <laughs> Let's help us here. save this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, like, <laughs> I'm glad you brought this bit up because Shane McMahon just Brian says his bit. And then Shane McMahon just looks down, and I swear, he just picks at the microphone top. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, crap. No. And then it's a bit like, when he realised, <laughs> Daniel Bryan is just like, you can see Shane, because like, I just remember what the oh, line is. Oh, I just remembered what it is. But I'm not going to work it in naturally. I'm just going to say I'm just it. As soon as he's finished saying, uh, talking, I'm going to do it. Duh, handshake. Mm. Oh, man, it was... Yeah. Quite embarrassing. It's great to have Shane back, though, for getting lines. You know, him him and Kurt on the same show. Just the pair of them in the ring, just for getting lines all the time, looking at the other one with that deer in the headlights being like, do you know what's next? Yeah. It's just... Like, I'm, I'm obviously glad he's... Fine. Well, you know, how healthy is he? Well, like, like, this, WWE have a very strict medical assessment, unless you're a McMahon, and you know they're going to be really part timer, or they're going to really scrutinise you unless you're a McMahon, and they you know make sure that you're absolutely fine. It's just from everything that came out and everything the Wrestling Observer has said about Shane's condition and the hernia and the so I think diverticulitis. Div- thank you. I'll just let you say it because I said it so right. I said it so right in the news video. Uh, he, that's like that's serious by itself. But okay, you can try and push through it. But add the hernia to it. That makes it quite dangerous. So, I'd, well done, Shane. Well, do I even want to say well done? Because I, I think it's probably quite rash mm. for, to, to, to go into the ring. Uh, but I, d- I don't know the extent of the guy's injuries. But yeah. The in- yeah. It, but like, that aside, he's not good still. So... Yeah. Although... The only other thing I really wanted to say about this segment mm. is F those people that started to what Daniel Bryan. Yes, what the hell? Guys? What the hell, guys? Like who the who what Daniel Bryan? Mm. Come on, man. 
Like, what's wrong with people? They died out eventually. It was just yeah, like it was like five. It was like five guys. No, that was loud. But that's because it then started to spread because yeah. people, as a Pavlovian response, you hear the watch chant, you then just join in. As yeah. you've often said, uh, it's you don't start a chant. It's the people that it's the next people. It's yeah. the it's the third and fourth person who chants the chant who really starts the chant. Yeah. That's when so it, the tipping point begins. So unfortunately, it did, and then that, I think that's what threw Shane off mm. in forgetting his lines. I mean, I'm not trying to say that the fans are at fault for Shane forgetting his lines because. Shane's quite bad at this anyway and was going to forget his lines regardless but I don't think that helped it's just it's not that he it's not only that he's forgetting these lines it's just how wooden and charisma-less he is sometimes he can't improvise yeah uh, but I, I enjoyed the hug it out spot I yeah, thought that was I cute I thought it was a really nice reference but because I didn't see it coming weirdly and it should have uh, I also wasn't a fan of uh, them just kind of skirting over all the tension stuff so this is about five months of storyline and slow build development and to be honest it was boring slow build development i thought for for the majority of it but hey if we get a payoff that's cool but we didn't get a payoff we just got a that's by the by now because i've been medically cleared so it's kind of lazy rewriting this story i feel that this was a five months worth storyline that they were like and the end of it it was we're going to have this tag team match at wrestlemania but for the four months and three weeks, they all say like four months of that that build, they were like, we need to get Daniel Bryan cleared, mm. and they couldn't get him cleared, and they couldn't get him cleared, they couldn't get him cleared, and now here we are, two weeks out before WrestleMania, we finally get him cleared. It was like, right, we've got to wrap this up quickly because we've got to. So all of that stuff, that like long delay, all this stuff here, just feels like it should have been moved upwards, and we could have spread this out over a better five month period because the they did a promo package for this, they did a video promo package to hype up this match, and I was w- watching it, I was like. Wow, they made this storyline feel really coherent mm. because this storyline has not been coherent whatsoever, but they've really made this look like it's been one really easy to follow storyline. They just cut out all of the nonsense. They cut out all the stuff of Kevin and Sammy turning on each other. They just cut out all mm. of the naff bits of the story and just kept it to its simplest form. And I feel like that's what they always intended to do, but just couldn't get that clearance with Daniel mm. Bryan and then couldn't do the they they couldn't re- do the payoff they wanted until two weeks before WrestleMania. Yeah, the, the video packages, editing skills are just well, well done. Yeah, you, ma- you even make these feuds look really good and punchy. Mm-hmm. But the... Yeah, I just thought you could do it better, WWE. Oh, You've yeah. got a huge staff of writers. Surely someone could write that out better. You know, just sort of write around it or do an angle or something. Uh, but whatever there it, are there are two um <coughs> just do it better moments uh, i had on this show yeah yeah we'll, we'll come we'll to come them to. we'll come to them but i had two of them so uh that this this transitioned and and it's a smackdown thing that originally i was kind of a fan of because it's like oh people are just coming out it's a really fast pace to the show don't know what's going to happen it makes it a bit more chaotic now it's just a bit weird because charlotte's music hits at the end of this and then that's her going into the match yeah, uh, well, I, I guess it worked here. It's just when you when it seems like there's going to be a run in, or th- Charlotte was going to yeah. add herself to the tag match at Mania. I think they do it because they then go into an ad break, mm. so it's just like, oh, stick around, yeah, because uh, Charlotte's got a match rather than doing like the coming up next. You actually see, get to see part of the entrance, and then they go to an ad break. I, I think I guess that's the theory behind yeah. it. But you're right. I think it just makes it everything seem mad awkward. It just seems like the show's not timed out properly. Mm. I think I think this time worked. But it with the the previous weeks, it just it has in in the overall attempt at this style, it's it's not working because sometimes it looks like they're going to run in. But I I I think they're doing the I like that way of oh look we're going to have a match now. Come back after the break. I prefer that to the ad break being in the match, <sighs> which happened a lot on this show. Didn't it just as well as their own adverts <sighs> to hype WrestleMania? Yeah. So Charlotte versus Natalia, we had an ad break. Then we had the shrink screen, so the match kept on going on with a WrestleMania ad in the top right, and then come back for about a minute, then another normal ad break. It was, and this happened quite a few times throughout the show, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was overkill on adverts. Yeah. By a long way. But I thought this was a decent little match. It was meant to happen yeah, last was, week, yeah. but Charlotte uh, had a dentist appointment. I feel like I'm going to have to go to the dentist again soon. You know? oh, what for? Yeah, I'm going to my tooth up on this side. Like, I've got to check up soon, so I'll check. I'll ask them. But, man, it's been really 
bugging yeah. me for the last couple of days. Oh, so the, it's the exact same place, it's just on the other side. Um, With the the root canal again. Well, yeah, I might have to. Have, I don't want. I oh. don't really don't want to have root canal again because that was bloody disastrous. But could possibly be. Anyway, um, so this I thought this was a decent little match. Um, uh, but in particular, Natty locking in the bow and arrow lock. And Charlotte mm. then standing up out of it, which I thought was a really, and really cool spot. Didn't she into yeah. the corner? I thought that it was a really cool. nice spot. Uh, but eventually they do a double down, and then Carmella runs down with the Money in the Bank briefcase to try and cash in again. Mm. Crowd pops for the, the the potential cash in. Charlotte just boots it out of her hand, and yeah. it just goes flying into the fifth Punts row. It. Absolutely punts like Randy Orton in two thousand and nine, <coughs> mm. and uh, so there was no cash in there. And then they did a, a follow up to or a call back to their previous match where Natty tried to roll her up off the distraction. Charlotte kicked out. Figure eight, she won. I thought it was a decent little match, but for me, this pretty much confirms that Carmella is cashing in on whoever is the Raw Women's Champion. Oh, so not sma- not Asuka. Yeah. So I think it's right. like th- I think that's the storyline they're telling is that she just she can't cash in on mm. SmackDown, so she's just going to okay. go and do it on Raw instead. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I I don't know what Carmella's thinking here. What like she needs to pick her spots to cash in better. She's very bad at picking her spots. So this was this was off the back of I mean the match had only gone about ten minutes. Charlotte does a moonsault, a really impressive moonsault. Natalia gets her knees up. They're both down. That's when Carmella decides to run down. She keep well, not only that, but if she cashes in her money in the bank, she's inserting herself into three ways as yes. opposed to waiting until the match is finished and making it a one-on-one match. She's yeah. very, very silly with this. Like you know, credit where credit's due. She might win the belt, but I mean, she's she's playing mm. with fire at the moment. So as you accurately predicted yesterday, Asuka did turn up next. Yeah, I, I've seen a few people be say that this wasn't great. It wasn't great. I mean, it, it, <laughs> it wasn't. I, I said that what I wanted was a really good mm. go home angle for Asuka because the last thing we saw of her was being beaten down by Alexa Bliss and Mickey James. We didn't really get much of that here. Like I think someone said, like all she needs to do is just kick Natalia and just like knock Natalia. Like Natalia tries to attack and then Asuka just knocks her out, and that's your the closing thing. Because Asuka's ending moments on both Raw and SmackDown were being beaten up by Alexa Bliss and Mickey James, and having her promo interrupted by Charlotte. Mm. I would have had uh, Carmella run down in a more opportune moment, maybe because Charlotte and Natalia are more than capable and they're having a very good match uh, and like a, an exhausting match for them. You sell that Charlotte's really beaten up afterwards. Maybe Natalia hits her with a chair out of je- jealousy. Charlotte's down. Carmella runs in. That's a more believable cash-in spot. But Asuka takes out Carmella. Oh, man. Well, that yeah. is actually... That's much better, yeah. Because then, like, you know, Asuka wants to face Charlotte for the for the belt and then should be having to face Carmella. It makes a lot more sense and it gets it's a lot more dramatically engaging. This was just... Asuka came down. Charlotte's like, okay, here we go. Gonna have some promo. And Asuka says, the Queen will bow down to the Empress of Tomorrow. Asuka's delivery was great. But then Charlotte grabs the mic and said, I'm ready. But the real question is, is Asuka ready? Of course, a play on no one's ready for Asuka. But not a good enough play to be the go-home line Yeah, <laughs> the WrestleMania match. And then they both just looked at awkwardly looked at each other and kind of looked at the, the title sign and then that was it. This is a feud ruined by a pointless pay-per-view called Fastlane. Mm. If if Fastlane had, that's the problem. If Fastlane hadn't well because no, if Fastlane hadn't existed, if Fastlane wasn't there, then we would have just been able to build this since the Rumble. But because we had to wait until Fastlane was done, then we could start building this feud. We still had four weeks. I mean, like, yeah. what more would you have if if you had eight weeks? You'd just have them come out and stare at each other more. You could have done a lot more than they have done. That's my point. You could have done, 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 done more in the four weeks. You could have done you could have done anything in these four weeks. What I'm saying is that this, like, because all we've had for the first half of this, first half of this year, first third of this year, is a feud between Asker and uh, Asker and Alexa Bliss that wasn't going anywhere. We just had all this stuff on Raw and Charlotte kind of messing around on SmackDown with Ruby Riot and the Riot Squad. So, like, all of this stuff has just been for now. And then all of a sudden, Fastlane half is like, right, now we need to start building towards this feud. Oh, also over here, we need to start building this feud now as well. If you didn't have Fastlane there, this wouldn't have been an issue. I disagree because I don't think time's the issue here. I think it's what they've done with the time. I think all the angles they've done in the... I wouldn't want... To have more of what they've done. No, but you could. Like, I, I think with more time, you could have done 
more with it. And, and the other uh, argument is the John Cena Undertaker thing. But they've, and they couldn't really do that until after Fastlane. But they, but that was they've part of the done really line. well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they, you could say so is this with Charlotte. Will Charlotte be able to face Asuka? Because she has to overcome the fierce riot squad. That's technically part of the story. I just think they've that they've they've tried to base the and, and similar to AJ Nakamura, which has kind of shifted up a gear, but they've just based on Charlotte and Asuka being this dream match, and that's all it's going to be sold on. But well, I, I, yeah. I, I don't feel as uh, into it. I agree. I mean, as I wrote my notes and I said in the, the the review, this had less heat than you think it would do, yeah. because this is meant to be billed as some sort of dream match. It's the first time they've had a match in WWE. I think I don't think they had one in NXT either, and it doesn't really feel like that big of a deal. No, it doesn't. I don't think it's helped that they just. Well, I don't know why they just didn't move Asuka over to SmackDown. Yeah, so that was uh, a rubbish go home angle I've put. Then we had an AJ Styles sit down interview, which was pretty nice. I liked the presentation of that, uh, and he said how he was patted on the head like a dog last week by Shinsuke Nakamura, but this dog bites. <laughs> And he's emotional, but he'll beat Shinsuke. It was yeah. good. It was good. He did say this. He goes, we are far away from the Tokyo Dome. This is WrestleMania. Which <laughs> I thought was a nice little WWE dig at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, and Daniel Bryan then had a video package, which was great. Yep. Jinder Mahal versus Rusev. We've already talked about that. Yep. Uh, again, but not a, not a good go-home angle. It's because we didn't really talk about it. We talked more about Rusev. It's Randy Orton and Bobby Roode facing off against each other. And then they just look at the sign. That was it. I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I mean, I maybe I'm being overly positive on this show, which would be a change, I guess. But I, they did get me into the match. Like, I, I'm looking forward to this match on Sunday. The Rusev win did, yeah. Not but... even just the Rusev win. Just like everyone, like the Randy Orton RKO out of nowhere, Bobby mm. handing over the title. I'm, I, I don't know, man. I'm into it. The RKO from out of nowhere was good, yes. Uh, but, oh, man. Yeah, I didn't think it was a good go home. I didn't say it was a good go home angle, but sure. it did get me into it. Then we had a Nakamura interview. Uh, really good performance from Shinsuke. Yeah, just do it in Japanese though. I didn't mind. This. I just, I just think it's so much better when you just do it in your mm. native tongue and you're not uh, trying to work around a language that's not your own. I just think it works so much better that way. What about a, a mix of both worlds where he'd start off fiery and Japanesey and then just do the last bit in, that in also, English? That absolutely also yeah. works. Yeah, uh, that is, that was my first. Just do it better, WWE. And oh, really? Yeah, I think that say, what you did there was great. Sit down interviews, awesome. But just the fact that, like, just do it in Japanese. Like, it's it's such a simple fix to a to a situation. Just like, just do it in Japanese. That's the one you had issue with, not the the Asuka Charlotte stuff. No, that wasn't one of my. No, no, no. We're actually going to come on to my second. Just oh, I know what it is. Uh, e, but, man. But Nakamura then goes on to continue to build this AJ's too emotional storyline, mm-hmm. saying he's going to. Uh, make a mistake there and he'll capitalise. So, yes. Do, well, do you want to take this part then? Right, okay. So, <clears throat> the best thing on SmackDown Live for in 2018 mm-hmm. has been this three-way feud between the Usos, New Day, and the Bludgeon Brothers. It's been awesome. I've loved all of the build of this. I've loved the Bludgeon Brothers just coming down for matches, interrupting people, not actually acknowledging them. They're kind of like pushing themselves away. Then the beatdown they did at Fastlane, the, the, like the dream teams you've had since then, trying to, these three teams are going to collide at WrestleMania. And what was their big go-home angle? I mean, you want to piss over Charlotte and Asuka, that's fine. This mate is utter dross. Mm. This mate is absolute pony. This is this is bollocks. This go home angle was the new day shilling the network, and it was the new acting like goofballs, pulling out stuff from their pants and saying like, "Here, you can watch the network on this." Then the Usos walk in and say like, "Yeah, and if you're going to see us win, like defend our titles on the network," and then the Bludgeon Brothers awkwardly walk in the back and smash a camera. This was crap. Yes. Absolute crap it was so when it started and and they're all the, the new day are very good at making plugs and stuff uh engaging and not too annoying i was like okay this is this is fine this is quite actually a nice novel way to promote the network that they should probably do this more get some of their best funniest promo guys to do little skits like this and kind of drop it in out of continuity like how they used to, I think it was last year or the year before, when they do those little WWE shop segments. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah, that's yeah. that's fine. I'm not, it's quite quite. Uh, uh, it's I would much prefer that than Michael Cole telling me to sub. It's free, man. It's for please, please subscribe to the network for WrestleMania. But then when the Usos came in, 
I was like, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. This, this isn't good. Stop that. But then when the Bludgeon Brothers walked in behind them, and it was just the way that the New Day and the Usos Scooby-Doo level scampered and ran away and went, oh, no, ooh. It wasn't like played off like a serious threat. It was played up totally for laughs. And then the Bludgeon Brothers just turn, look at the camera, and Luke Harper swings a hammer, and that cuts the camera to black. Really, really bad. So I'm wondering now, in hindsight, whether my anger at this segment made me forgive everything else on the show. My mm. my absolute hatred of this segment made me go like, maybe that Asker and Charlotte stuff wasn't so bad. Maybe that United States Champion stuff wasn't that bad. If this is your it, measuring stick, I was maybe. Say, I was going to say, if this is just like, this is the bottom, you're like, man, everything else just seems mm. so much better than, than this. Because this whole feud is meant to feel like a war. And it has previously felt like a war. And then here, it's just become an advert. It's become a commercial for the network. Just a really awkwardly staged WWE advert. It was absolute nonsense. This is... That this was dreadful. Mm. This is the worst thing that WWE have done all year. Wow. I, I mean, I can't think of anything as a go home angle for a pay per view. Considering that, and it's your pay per view for WrestleMania. Your build, your go home for WrestleMania. It's your one of your best built feuds mm-hmm. that you've been building for so long. And this was your go home angle. I think it's the worst thing they've done all year. I would have to go. I would have to go back through. <laughs> my worst stuff WWE's done list for this year. Have you got one? To- <laughs> uh, I should do somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty bad. It's it pretty, bad. pretty bad. I'm, I'm willing to admit that there, are something, there is something worse, but mm. man, it has to be a lot worse. The, and it's just like, of all the matches or feuds that you're building up for WrestleMania, why do this spot for, for this feud? Because yeah. you've got next up, you've got a throwaway eight-man tag. Well, you could, you could honestly have fan... Bri- uh, Breezango. Breezango cut a promo in the middle of the ring during the match, no selling stuff, annoying all the old timers, exposing the business. That would be better. Yeah. That would be better than doing it for the, the tag team feud. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this this went on to Baron. I think I've got everyone here. Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Primo Cologne made his Pre- WWE return. Primo made TV. Nearly went with that as the headline. But, and um, uh, yeah, made huge WWE, WWE star, star returns. Uh, and Mojo Rawley beat Fandango, Zack Ryder, Tyler Breeze, and Ty Dillinger. So, you know, this was almost the, huh, people are still employed match. It's the forgotten SmackDown mm. mid-card. Um, so they mentioned on commentary here that the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is a really great way for to elevate your career. Look at what Baron Corbin has accomplished since winning. Look what Cesaro has accomplished since winning. Look what the Big Show has accomplished mm. since winning. And then they mentioned that Mojo won the Battle Royal oh last year with the help of, uh, of the Gronk. They said that like, Mojo won it last year. But he's been very upset with management that he hasn't been given any opportunities since then. I think it was either Sack or Corey Graves made this point. It's like he hasn't. He just felt that he's been like held down by management because he hasn't been getting any opportunities. And Tom Phillips, in almost that Vince McMahon, said, almost as Vince McMahon as just like, well, he'll get another chance this Sunday. And I was like, to what? Not get a push? Like, <laughs> like what are you, what are you, him to win and then not get anything off the back of it? Why, what's the point? So, so let's look at these uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winners. You've had Cesaro, who, to his credit. Went on to become a Paul Heyman guy. That didn't work. Mm. Then had like a sort of underpushed era. And then has, has found like success with Sheamus as the Raw Tag Team Champions. Although, you know, that's not how I would use him in a perfect world. And, I, and neither would I. Also, I would say that him being a tag team champion, tag team champion has gotten out to do with him winning the Battle yes. Royal four years previous. But everyone else. So all the other winners, which are Baron Corbin, mm-hmm. uh, Mojo Rawley and The Big Show twice... Is Big Show won it twice? Yes. Is he really? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and Big Show, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I think Baron Corbin's trying to, like, do, he's going to be the he's first. He's trying to ed- do it twice. But I thought he said, I'm going to be the first person to win it twice. By the bite, uh, those three guys, if Big Show comes back, he's either going to be the tag partner of Braun or he's going to be in this Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. So that means everyone apart from Cesaro, 75% of the winners, have not progressed their careers any further. They are in exa- exactly the same spot on the WrestleMania card the, the, however many years after they win it. But WWE are very clever in how this, like, Big Show's going to go into the Hall of Fame, mm. you know, and he won the Battle Royal. Because and, that's the thing. Yeah, and we that's call, the crowning call, achievement. Corbin, he won the Money in the Bank. 
you know, and he also won the Battle Royal. These things can, you know, they're all connected, really. Mm. If you kind of like, if you could point the dots together, it sort of is connected. The saddest moment for me in this match was when they, uh, Tom Phillips mentioned that it was, uh, it was either two years or three years to the day that Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. <laughs> for a day. And I was like, oh, God, how sad was that? Yeah. Remember when he won? And everyone was like, huh, Zack, eh? We're giving the belt to Zack, are we? Mm. And then he lost it a day later, and you're like, oh, okay, that's why we gave it to Zack. It was to annoy us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was that match. There's nothing really to say. Baron Corbin pinned Fandango with an end of days. And like you said, he posed with two fingers next to the trophy to insinuate that he's looks gonna... like uh, it's looks like if you just peeled away, you'd find some delicious chocolate underneath it this year. It looks, looks ropey, looks yeah. Looks proper pants this year. Maybe it's an Easter egg version. That's what I mean. Like yeah. just peel it ever slightly. I think if you if you put that next to a heater, it would melt. Uh, then we had Benjamin and Gable doing a text promo. Nothing really to add there. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. It's not going away. But then Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, while the commentators were doing a link ran in they ran in they stood on the announcers table and they they interrupted everything and they started to cut a promo by grabbing some microphones and they were just like we we apologize in advance not to daniel bryan because we don't care about him he fired us but we apologize to brie for because we're going to end his career again we apologize to brian's kid you know which felt really real uh and it was this was good stuff and then when the mic cut out it was like ooh. But they cut backstage to Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan looking at the screen. And then like that silent, yeah, let's go. Let's go sort this out. And it just, it it bugged me that Shane's music played. <laughs> if you want to talk about nitpicking, I mean, yeah, it did annoy me as well. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not like Shane was cheated out of an entrance earlier. No. We've got Daniel got Bryan's fo- music to end. Yeah, but... I Mm. I mean that is super super nitpicking. I thought the same thing. I was like, hmm, I don't know. It I, is super I, nitpicking. I wouldn't have played Shane's music. I thought this was actually gonna end in some sort of brawl. Yes, I would have preferred that actually. Because like Kevin and Sammy cut these wonder Sammy was wonderfully yeah, annoying. Sammy was like, really good. So good. And Kevin's like guttural screams when mm. he's cutting promos. I, I, as I said in the review, I think this added a layer of emotion that has almost been missing from this uh, at times. But the way he cuts promos, it just makes you feel like he genuinely believes what he's saying. He cuts, he, he's one of the best promos in the promos in the company, and yeah. And uh, when Ch- Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon came out, I was like, man, this is where they're going to c- collide. They're going to do a big polar pass, and that's going to be your big go home angle. But it wasn't because Kevin and Sammy had already left and Daniel Bryan was like, hey, everyone, take pictures because this would be the last time you're going to see them on SmackDown Live. Then Shane sang the Na 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 song and the segment ended, which I thought was a bit of a letdown. Not just a letdown, but kind of undermining because Sammy and uh, Kevin Owens were so emotional, like you said. But for for Shane and Bryan to walk out, two men who have been really badly beaten up by these two guys recently... To come out and kind of treat it like a joke mm-hmm. was I don't, what a, what a weak way to, to yeah. send it to the WrestleMania show this weekend. I agree, uh, but yeah, it's and I hate that song. <clears throat> I hate the na 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 song. It makes everyone look like a dickhead. <laughs> everyone in that audience who's saying I would never sing it if, no. I, if I, I wouldn't get swept up in the mob mentality. I just sit there going, "Oh, dickheads, <laughs> singing this stupid, obnoxious song." It's sounding like Michael Cole. But, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> oh, no. <Yeah. laughs> that the spirit of Michael Cole was trying to stop me from there. talking. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura teamed up to take on Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable in another lackluster go-home angle. Well, I, I thought this was a decent match that when was actually on screen was really good. Yeah. But was sort of undermined by constantly cutting to commercial and being shrunk into the corners so you could play the WrestleMania ad. Like, this stuff doesn't happen on Raw. Mm. Like, the Seth Rollins-Finn Balor match... It did shrink down at one point, but it was so long, uh, you didn't... God, you I, didn't didn't even, I, d- I didn't even remember it. I just remember uh, Miz on commentary and the great match. Like, it just it felt really... I undermined the match a little bit. And I really enjoyed it when it was on screen. Mm. I love Nakamura and Benjamin working together. I love Nakamura and Gabe working I just love all yeah. these four guys. They were doing some really, really great stuff. And I, But I did quite like the uh, the angle, actually. I, I thought the angle at the end was really good, particularly because you've got... 
uh, AJ, had, he'd made the hot, hot tag comeback and he knocked down Chad Gable. And then he went and he stood literally next to Nakamura to do the phenomenal mm. forearm, which I thought was a really nice touch. Just kind of looking at him the entire time because Nakamura's been saying it's all knee to face, mate. This is the first time that AJ has had the upper hand going into this feud. And then afterwards, Gable and Benjamin were beating down Nakamura and he cleared the ring and AJ went to do the forearm and stopped himself dead in his tracks and then patted him on the head. What I really liked about this was that Nakamura showed his emotion mm. and he got really riled up by it and got really angry. And I, I thought it was a really nice wrinkle to this feud. I, I liked how it played off from last week. I thought it was a really solid and I thought it was a really solid angle. But as I said in the review, it should have come like three or four weeks ago and you'd have built up to a bigger yeah. a, a bigger and better go home angle this is like a this is your t- week two of your build as opposed to your final build totally agree yeah you start off this like if this was a four week build to mania which is what it is like that's what they had really after the fast lane pay-per-view you have uh last week's angle where nakamura pats him on the head play first then this week you have uh sorry the second week you have the the nakamura getting angry one and that's when it kicks into the second gear, when they're actually really angry and they start to go at it more. Maybe you have a big pull-apart brawl in three and then whatever in four. This was like, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. But Nakamura, it was great to see him look so angry. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like at first when AJ did the phenomenal forearm and stopped, at, Nakamura was laughing like, ha, I see what you're doing here. But it was the pat on the head from AJ, so disrespectful, just like Nakamura did the previous week, that sent Shinsuke furious. Loved it. Really enjoyed that. I really, really liked it. But overall, so overall SmackDown thoughts, uh, you said last week that you rate SmackDown on if it's a, if you could miss it and tune in the following week and nothing would have changed. Mm-hmm. My argument, because you, you, I liked last week's show, you didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, my argument was, no, you, that was a totally you need to see show because like three matches were confirmed, you had a few angles happen. This one, what this was a totally missable show for me. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. What happened that what, like changed WrestleMania? Not changed WrestleMania, but really upped the ante for WrestleMania. No, no, and I, and you are not wrong. Mm. Absolutely, you're not wrong on that. And I think it's interesting that you think it was a really missable show. But I, re- I liked the uh, the Nasty Charlotte match. I liked the uh, the main event. I liked the uh, the angle with Randy RKOing uh, Rusev out of nowhere. Uh, there was like little bits and pieces in the show that I just really liked. And at the end of it, I was like, yeah, that was a, that was a decent show. I think in hindsight, I've probably rated it far too highly in my review. But I was off the the Raw show, which I thought was a decent go home show. I thought this was a decent go home show. My bar is so low <laughs> that because you've just like leaped over it. And the only thing I really hated, I actively hated on this show, was that. Uh, the the new day backstage mm. segment. Everything else in the show, I thought, was fine to to very good, and it, and, and I, yeah. I I thought it was it was a decent show. It's a decent week to week SmackDown. It's a lackluster go home show. It's it's a it's a really mm. missable WrestleMania go home show. But I. I as we said on the the raw one, the, we don't really have go home shows anymore. Like go home shows don't exist mm-hmm. because you don't. You, we're not in that pay per view mentality. So maybe I just sort of looked at it from a different perspective because go home shows aren't real anymore. This was just it's another week of SmackDown, but it was a week that I enjoyed more than last week. Well, you you gave it a Smacktastic, so yeah. four out of five. I, I would give it Ellsworthy. Mm. And yeah. we literally swapped from last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but overall, which one did you prefer, Raw or SmackDown? Raw. Yeah, but Raw uh, much yeah. more. Are you going to roast me for um, just like going straight into Ready Player One thoughts? Or do no, you want, no, no, no. Do you, you, can you feel do like that. we're doing some preamble beforehand? We, for, for the after swafters. Yeah. I didn't know there were so many of them. Did you get many, uh, a lot more correspondence? I did, I got a lot more correspondence yesterday. Again, people asking questions, which is not what we asked mm, for, but I liked that's it. That's nice. I like, I like seeing the inbox full and just going through it and seeing people's correspondence. It was really nice. Full? Well, more. Well, not not full. You've got and, quite a large allowance of gigabytes it, on the old say, Google it, Suite. It didn't fill up like the terabyte space that yeah. we have, but it was a, it was quite. You know, it was full. To, I nearly got off the full page. Oh, that's good. You know, it's a, fi- a fifty. Uh, twenty-five. Oh, mate, you need to you need to change your default settings. Well, no. Well, you see, because I like I don't like having an inbox that has more than five messages in it. Mm. I like to file them away into various different compartments. Um, it, within Google Mail, so I couldn't have anything set to fifty because they would just get out of hand. I I, uh, I changed this way of thinking a few years ago. Inbox Zero is the productivity method for it, and uh, I never realised that an image happens 
when you clear that inbox. Really? Yeah, on Google Mail. Once you file away all the messages, so you've you've done, you've answered everything in the inbox, you get like a nice little little picture of a beach. Wow. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah, it's nice. Oh, well, I mean, maybe that's what I'll do after we get out of this, uh, this booth. <clears throat> but um, do you want to do a spoon first? I'd, I'll do a spoon and then we'll do uh, your Ready Player One thoughts. So today's spoon is a grapefruit spoon or an orange spoon. These have uh, tapers to a sharp point or teeth used for citrus fruits and melons. Well, yeah, I, didn't, I had no idea that spoon existed. Neither did I. Neither did I. Um, anyway, hang on, let me just read that again. With tapers to a sharp point or teeth. Yeah, because you want to a- mine the grapefruits. So it's a spork. I mean, that's a different thing. So I don't know why you would bring that up. Uh, spork isn't on. The- oh, yep, spork's way at the bottom. Yeah. It's a different combination of a, a fork or a knife. Mm, I don't know, man. Like it, it tapers off into teeth. Look, a lot of these are going to be very similar on first <laughs> appearance. But I'm going to trust Wikipedia here that they've separated them into their own distinct things. Okay, well, we'll just we'll trust Wikipedia. Yeah. Always trust Wikipedia. So um, I went to go see Ready Player One um, over well over the bank holiday weekend mm-hmm. on the Monday. After getting back from our various adventures, we went to the old cinema and to go see Steven Spielberg's latest movie based off Ernie Klein's uh, best-selling novel. A novel that I am unashamedly a fan of. It's not cool to be a fan of that book anymore. But uh, I am still a fan of it. I've, I've read it several times. I've listened to the audiobook even more. I'm actually re-listening to the audiobook again. I think for all of its flaws, and there are, they haven't, there are numerous, there are numerous flaws within that book, I think it's a really fun adventure. I think its first half is better than its second, but I, I think it's a really, really fun adventure. I, I would defend most of the uh, Robert Langdon Da Vinci Code style <laughs> yeah. uh, Dan Brown books because of say, the same reason. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hell of a romp. You enjoy a Dan Brown book so much that you miss the, your connecting stop on a tube and end yes. up going to Ealing Broadway. It's At, at that point, I just want to finish it. Like, it's that it, you get sick of Dan Brown <laughs> about a third of the way through the book, but it's so, there are so many mysteries he's set up. I just want to find out what happens now. I don't know. It will get to the point where I stop reading them and just read the spoiler page, yeah. like a plot summary. But that was the reason. Yeah, I was I was so over the book by that point. <laughs> God, what a bad book. They're all bad books, but I'm yeah. I yeah. enjoy the first third. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I enjoyed Ready Player One, the book. So I was very intrigued by the <laughs> film. Love Steven Spielberg. I mean, who doesn't like Steven yeah. Spielberg? Let's be honest. That was an interesting cast. I like some of the choices they'd made for those characters. And when I was watching the trailers, I was one of those people that was a fan of the book that was like. Oh, they've changed a lot, but I'm not going to get I'm not going to worked up by it. I want to see whether or not I think adaptation should be different from the source material. Um, Civil War is a great adaptation because it doesn't just do page for page what Mark Miller did. It takes the Civil War idea and puts it into the MCU. And that's a really clever way of doing adaptation. So you know, do it, taking the core concept of Ready Player One, putting that into a film, I think is grand. But I feel like the film was missing some of what I loved about the book in that it didn't everyone's calling it this really good adventure and i'm sitting there going like i thought the book had a much better adventure to it not only that but it feels more complete and like i think ernie klein builds a better world than spielberg does in the film i think it's really missing something there's it never feels like there's any real jeopardy in there some of the character development's a bit weak as well I and mean, it's not great in the book i'll be honest but it's, it feels like very rushed on screen um like one of the joys of the book is you like is solving the riddles to find the quest to to find the the keys and open the gates to to find the the prize at the end so like that that's part of the joy of reading the book and working out these these clues along with them that's not in the film it's literally just like but here's what the next quest is and we're, and we're doing it the film literally starts and not only that but like the in the book it's the guy parzival the lead character he works out the 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 clue to find the first gate and then you go off and you do that first gate along with him in the film it literally opens just like some other person already worked out what the first gate is so now we're all just going to go off and do it and i'm like well, why haven't you done this like you're not a cool hero mm. now you're just you're tagging along 
And then they keep saying, it's like, oh, man, this guy, Parzival, he knows everything there is about how to... I'm like, I don't think he does, because he couldn't work out the first thing. And then the second one, I'm pretty sure she basically worked it out for him. Ah, oh, that's annoying. That's an unconvincing protagonist. It really is an unconvincing... And it's a real shame. Because I, there are stuff... Uh, there's stuff in it I really liked. I thought it was a, a solid three-and-a-half-star movie. And I enjoyed it. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> it literally was... It that's was a fine. different inflection. Yeah. So, ultimate, ultimate deletion... It was fine. It was fine. fine. It was fine. Look, look, how how the, the it goes there. fine, but Ready Player One, it was fine. Yeah, it was fine. So that's is that the difference between a two and a half star and a three and a half? Star? Maybe that's what it is. The Although I felt like I, I I thought I had that inflection for Ultimate Leash. It was no, fine. No, it was it was fine. <laughs> oh, that was your. I was never that oh, it down was, on it. No. It was. It sunk into the ground. <laughs> How's Ty Sheridan? Uh, he's good. Um, a, a lot of it's mocap work, but right. um, I think he's he works really well within that. Um, I thought he showed promise as Cyclops. Yeah. In that movie, X Men. God, are they still making those movies? X Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. No man, yeah. it's been pushed back now. Remember, they've pushed back Dark Phoenix until next right. year because still means they're making it. No one cares. Yeah. Um, I was never that impressed with Ty Sheridan in those X-Men movies, but that might just be because I was impressed by no one in those mm. X-Men movies, um, particularly Sophie Turner. Yep, uh, oh. Sansa Stark from yeah, Game of Thrones. Very bad. Um, but yeah, I, overall... I was impressed by Olivia Munn. Oh, <laughs> oh Olivia Munn. <laughs> overall, I think it's a perfectly fine movie. It's a good three-and-a-half-star film. I did enjoy it, but I can't see myself like wanting to watch it again. Which now that I'm re-listening to the the audiobook read by Will Wheaton, I, that annoys me even mm. further because like I really really wanted to love it, and for all those people who are pissing and moaning about like it being a quote unquote nostalgia fest, there's barely any nostalgia stuff in there. There's like little bits, there's little bits here and there, but it's not like every scene is just like oh by the way you know what this is. Hey, that's a reference to this. That's mm. a reference to this. It's all stuff that if you know it, like one of the characters carrying a pulse rifle from Alien. If you know what that is, you look at that and go like, oh, that's the pulse rifle from Alien. But the film never goes, oh, hey, by the way, I'm holding the pulse rifle from Alien. Chock a block with Easter eggs then. And what's... They, like, well, those, I would say they're not like out and out nostalgia, oh, I see, but I you see. would have to know what they are. For yeah. a second, what I thought you meant there was chock a block was a thing. No. Chock a block with Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Uh, so, yeah, okay. well, if people enjoy our film chat in a wrestling podcast, maybe they don't, let Luke know. Luke at WrestleTalk.com. Maybe our review, You Were Never Really Here, that excellent Whackin' Phoenix movie oh, with you, Lim Ramsey. You were going to see that. Oh, so good. Yeah? So good. Uh, but, yes, that's all we've got time for today. But Luke usually does the sign-off, so... Yeah, well, I'm we're going to see you tomorrow mm. for our NXT TakeOver New Orleans predictions. We'll see you again on Friday for oh. our WrestleMania 34 predictions. We'll then see you on Sunday for our NXT TakeOver review. We'll see you on Monday for our WrestleMania 34 review. We'll see you on Tuesday for our what? Raw After Mania review. And we'll see you on Wednesday for our SmackDown After Mania review. But more importantly, we'll see you then. And I love you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.